15 through 18. It says that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son. Branson, will you please open us in world prayer? And drum and sing page 14. Clap the chords.
his touch delivered me. There was no doubt he knew my need, cause the Lord came through for me another time. He heard my cry, he heard my plea, he heard my voice. When I was calling, he saw me in distress and rescued me. John today, the sixth chapter of the book of John, and while you guys are turning there, I just want to thank you guys so much for uh, the prayers as we were traveling to Amarillo for my wife's granddad's funeral. Uh, We felt your prayers, and uh, the Lord was able to do a work there, so just thank you all so much for that, Um, and it's always an encouragement to know that we have a church family back home who's praying for us, so thank you so much. So if you found your, your places there in the book of John, Uh, Chapter number six, that's what we'll be reading today. If you go ahead and stand once you find it, if you're able to. John chapter six, we'll be reading in verses number one through 13. It's a very familiar passage, but I believe there's some truth that we need to be reminded of. Um, And we'll get into that here in a minute. It says, verse number one, After these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias, and a great multitude followed him, because they saw his miracles, which he did on them that were deceased. And Jesus went up into a mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. And the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was nigh. When Jesus then lifted up his eyes and saw a great company come unto him, he saith unto Philip, Whence shall we buy bread that these may eat? And this he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, Two hundred penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may take a little. One of his disciples Andrew Simon, Peter's brother, saith unto him, There is a lad here which hath five barley loaves and two small fishes, but what are they among so many? And Jesus said, Make the men sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in the number about five thousand. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples, and the disciples to them that were set down, 
and likewise of the fishes as much as they would. When they were filled, he said unto the, his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. Therefore they gathered, them, they gathered them together, and they filled twelve baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which remained over and above unto them that had eaten. Then those men, when they had seen the miracle that Jesus did, said, This is of the truth that prophet should come into the world. Let's go ahead and pray. Dear God, thank you so much for the, the day that we get to be in your house today, Lord. And I just pray, uh, I guess, thanking you, Lord, for the music and the preaching we already got to experience today, Lord. And I just pray you be with me, Lord, this final message for the day. I pray you uh, use me, Lord, an unworthy vessel, Lord. But just thank you for the opportunity to be here, Lord. Thank you for your grace and mercy in every one of our lives. I pray you be with us the rest of the day. Keep us safe. Your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Um. There is a title of this message, but we'll get to that in a little bit, a little bit later, just for those who are wondering. Um, a little story from my past. I was homeschooled for most of my life, except for a few years in middle school. Uh, the Spanish church I had grown up in uh, started, they wanted to do a, a, a Christian school of sorts, a private school for some time. And uh, I was homeschooled leading up to those years. So my mom told me one day, me and my siblings, I guess my younger sister, my brother, wouldn't have been of age yet. But he, she told us, saying, hey, we're going to put you guys in this school. You know, I'm going from a homeschooler, and I'm going to start at this private school. Now, I had some fears going into this, uh, this new era, I guess, this new era of schooling for my life. I was a little afraid, and the reason I was scared was um, I'd seen, I've watched a lot of movies up to that point, and I was, the thing I was worried about was the school bullies. Uh, you see, uh, many, many movies are maybe a little over-dramatized, maybe a lot of those things are real, but... I was scared of what would happen to me whenever eventually, inevitably, the school bullies were, were, were to start picking on me, choosing me as their target, uh, their target of violence, you could say. Uh, would I get wedgies? Would I get swirlies? Uh, what would happen? One of the things I was most afraid of, and you've seen this scene many a times, is some bully walk out, you know, uh, I'm chubby now, and I was even chubbier back then. Let's just say I loved my food. And probably the biggest thing I was more worried about was some bully walking up to me and saying, hey, punk, give me your lunch money. You know, you, 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 you could give me a wedgie, you can stick my head in the toilet, but don't take my lunch money, right? And in this passage, uh, that's it's funny, but in this passage, we see, we see that happen. Obviously, it was for a different reason, but Jesus took the lunch of a little boy. Uh, and we'll get to that up in a little bit, but... Uh, let's back up a little bit, a little bit of background leading up to this passage. Uh, <laughs> Jesus, in the previous chapter, he had done a great miracle in healing the man by the pool of Bethesda. He healed a man who had been lame for his entire life, and this man was just laying there waiting for somebody to help him get to the pool to be healed. And that all changed, his whole life changed when Jesus walked by and healed him. Um, and then we also see that uh, he was uh, a threat to the Pharisees, so they, they, they try to come up with a plan to kill him, to get rid of him. Uh, they, they, it's funny, they come up with a plan to try and kill the very, uh, the very same God they claim to worship. Uh, and after this interaction, we see that Christ goes over the Sea of Galilee, and we, we're, we're, we're up to our passage. We see that even after this, this, this miracle is being sandwiched by, by the rejection of Jesus Christ. Before and after this miracle, this, it's just the, the, the authorities are, are rejecting Jesus Christ, but it, it's, such, a, it's a, such, such an awesome miracle, in fact, that all four Gospels, all four writers seemed it necessary to include this miracle in their Gospels. There's some awesome truths in this, in this, in this uh, account. 
And we see that a giant crowd came to see Jesus Christ. They had heard of his wondrous works and, and uh, of the great things he was doing, healing the sick, maybe raising the dead. And they wanted to see this very Jesus Christ, the one who claims to be the Messiah, for, for their own eyes. They wanted to see it firsthand. And the Bible even says that he had performed many miracles on all, the, on all of those that were deceased. And he sees there a, a giant crowd of people coming to him. Uh, he knows that they have some needs. And this is where I praise God that obviously we know Jesus Christ came down to earth to uh, take care of our spiritual need of salvation. But praise the Lord that even in this passage, we see that the compassion that Jesus Christ had toward us goes, extends even past the spiritual needs. Jesus took compassion on their physical needs. We have a God who cares about our spiritual needs as much as he cares about our physical needs as well. And Jesus Christ uh, had compassion on their physical needs. Uh, you know, anytime you hear a message on this passage, everybody makes the joke. These were Baptists, right? The, the, the Passover feast was at night, which means there was going to be a lot of food involved. Food was probably on the mind of a lot of these people. Okay? And Jesus knew that, that, that they were going to be hungry. They, they, had a, they had a physical need. He knew they were going to be hungry. They needed something to eat. And he asks Philip, uh, he, I know this is a very familiar story. We're just going to run through it real quick. That he asked him, where are we going to buy all these people food? And uh, it was sort of a test, like the Bible tells us, because Christ knew what he was about to do. And Philip, using his logical brain, he answers Jesus Christ and says that even 200 penny worth isn't enough to buy enough bread to feed every person here. Philip used his head logically. And the 200 penny worth wouldn't be enough. And while this is going on, while this interaction is going on, we have Andrew. He finds a little boy, and he, he brings him to Jesus Christ. And he says, Jesus Christ, here's this little boy, this, this young lad. He, he, has, he has a little lunch with him. And I don't know if it was, I mean, you've heard this joke said many times as well, but maybe the real miracle here isn't that Jesus Christ fed 5,000 people. It was the fact that he got this little boy to give up his food. Because a little boy that has this much lunch is, is a fat kid. And uh, maybe the real miracle was that he decided to give up his lunch. Um, but here comes this little boy. You know, he has all this food for himself. Uh, he reminds me of me when I was younger. And he, they bring him to Jesus, and Andrew says, you know, me might not have enough money, but there's this young lad who is willing to give up his lunch. And maybe you can do something with that, Jesus. And the little boy miraculous, miraculously gives over his lunch to Jesus Christ. And Jesus does what we all, have, what we, what we all know he does. He, he feeds the 5,000. In fact, there's, the Bible says there's 5,000 men, and I believe in the book of Matthew we're told that uh, that's not even counting the men and the, the, the children and the women that were there. So at least 5,000 men were fed, and who, who knows how many more were there. Jesus feeds a lot of people, and he, as he sends out his disciples amongst the crowd, he, he starts breaking the bread and giving it to them, and, and it says, the Bible tells us that everybody had enough to eat. It was like a potluck at Shawnee Mission Baptist Temple. Everybody had enough food. They were full. They were, falling, they were probably going to fall asleep by the time Jesus Christ started preaching, right? That's how full they were. And in fact, at the end, we see that uh, they even collected a lot of leftovers. A lot of times, just like here at our potlucks, there's a lot of leftovers left over. And we see that through, through the little generosity of a little boy, he gave up his little lunch, Jesus Christ was able to feed so many. And yes, there is uh, a truth here of, of just allowing, uh, giving, giving what you have, the little boy went to the right place at the right time, and he gave all he had to Jesus Christ. But with missions conference coming uh, in, a, in a few days, I wanted to make an application towards that specifically. I told you guys that I was worried of what middle school was going to be like. 
I was worried of the wedgies. I was worried of the, uh, of the swirlies in the toilet. And most, like, and most of all, I was worried of the bully that was going to come take my lunch money or my lunch. Okay, I was worried about that. And we see, although I will tell you guys, some of those things did happen. I got many of wedgies and many of swirlies. But praise the Lord, nobody took my lunch ever. <laughs> um, but Jesus Christ did do something amazing here with his little boy's lunch. Maybe they should have taken my lunch. It would have helped shed a couple pounds. Anyway, um, th- th- this story is incredible because he took that little boy's lunch and fed so many. What that little boy was willing to give in, was, was willing to give up. I'm, just gonna, I'm not going to try and make a big uh, story about it. I'm just going to jump right into it. This is gonna be a, a, we're, we're just gr- diving right into it. We'll be out of here in probably 10, 15 minutes. Okay? Uh, missions conference is coming up. And just like in this passage, we see a crowd coming to Jesus Christ, and, and, and they're, 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 they're in need of very many spiritual things, and Jesus Christ looks on their physical needs and says, these people are hungry. Jesus Christ had compassion on this crowd, and, and just, like we, just like it was back then, we're in a world today in the 21st century where there's a great multitude all around us, all around the world, a multitude of people who have needs. And that need is something that only Jesus Christ can meet. And Jesus Christ has told us in his book that that's what he came to do. He came to save those who are lost. And around the world, there are countless people who who are dying every day, going to hell without even hearing about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And God knows, Jesus Christ knows that there's a need around the world. And there's a group of people, whether they admit it or not, whether they acknowledge this fact or not, that they're in need of something. They're, they're, They're in great need. They're looking for something. And they're looking for their Savior, even if they don't recognize they are. They're looking for their Savior, for their Messiah. Just like this group of people was. And Jesus Christ recognizes that. And then we have some missionaries coming in this week. Uh, we have, I know we have the Crots here, and this, this week we have the Grits and Dallas and the Carters. And uh, they are missionaries who have dedicated their life in the service of Jesus Christ. To go out to a foreign country where it's not as easy for people to hear about the gospel, to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. And they've committed their lives to going out and sharing the gospel. Much like Jesus Christ sent his disciples amongst the crowd to feed them, right? God has selected these missionaries. He's called them to go out, to, to, to go out amongst the crowds, you could say. The crowds that we can't reach. To share the gospel with them. To, to, to give them the, the, the bread of life, you may say. But we have Jesus Christ and we, we, we have the crowd that is in dire need of something. In dire need of the gospel. And we even have those disciples that Christ has set apart, that God has set apart to go out to those people. To go out amongst those, the crowd of people who are, who are in need of a savior. But there's one more role that needs to be filled. And that's the role we're going to hopefully fill this coming missions conference. Is it not, Pastor? As, as it comes time, as, as God's maybe start speaking to you about your faith promise and, and what he would have you do for missions, of course, of course, I, I'm not going to, uh, I hope that everybody understands that, yes, there's people around us uh, in work, at the schools we go to, the jobs we hold uh, that need the gospel, and that's also a responsibility. But specifically with this message, I want to just talk about uh, our faith promise and, and, and the commitments we're going to make to furthering the gospel being spread around the world. And as missions conference comes and, and we have these missionaries come up here and present and they preach and we see the disciples that God is going to send amongst the crowd, there's one more role that needs to be filled and that's the role of the little boy. The little boy who has a lunch. The little boy who has his fishes and his loaves and was willing to give it to Jesus Christ. And that's, that's the role we have to fill. Because yes, there may be some in this room that God may be, but one day maybe the teenage boys or maybe even somebody who's already settled his life here uh, is calling to, to be a missionary. 
But for a lot of us, that's, for a lot of people in this room, that's not the calling God has for you. For a lot of us, the role that we have to fill right now is, is the role of a little boy. A little boy who had a few fishes and a few loaves. And he decided to give that to Jesus Christ. For a lot of us, you know, uh, we, we can compare amongst each other and for the lunches that we have are maybe not as big as the lunches that somebody else has. And maybe some have great lunches and some have little lunches. But God doesn't care about the size of your lunch. Anything God cares about is, are you willing to give me what you have? Are you, he's, God isn't even asking for every single meal for the rest of your life. God's just asking for, for a faith promise commitment. For, 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 for a lunch that you can give up here and there. God's asking for your lunch, and every single one of us, maybe leading up to this point, if it hasn't been on your mind already, it should be, God, what is it that you have me to give? I know that I can't go out there and be a missionary, and I know I, know I can't go amongst the people, the crowd. I can't go overseas to India or, or Africa or China or, or church plant somewhere. Lord, I can't do those things, but Lord, maybe the lunch that I have that I want to give to you, that you so you can use around the world, I, I can do that, Lord. And this, 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 this message is just a simple reminder, maybe a, a simple uh, thing to get us to start thinking about, Lord, what is it that you're going to have me give? Uh, here's my lunch, Lord, and I know it's not much, Lord, but I commit to give this to you. In fact, if I give you my little lunch, I don't know what I'm going to eat later. If I give you this lunch, I don't know what I'll have for dinner or for tomorrow's lunch, but I know that it's what you've called me to give you. Maybe some of you say, man, God has blessed me, and it seems like I have so much, so much more and more to give. Well, let me ask you, what are you doing with the abundance that God has given you? God has given us resources for us to give. Just like this little boy was, was willing to give his resources of his little lunch to Jesus Christ. And he was able to see Jesus Christ feed thousands of people. Let me ask you guys this. What are you willing to let Jesus do with what you have? And as the missionaries come this week, uh, I wasn't kidding. This is going to be a 15, 20-minute sermon. But as, as the missionaries come this week, let me ask you. Are you willing to give up the lunch that God's given you? Are you willing to give up those resources? What has God laid on your heart for you to give this year? So, so, so that those disciples that God has chosen can go out. So that they do have something to give to those who are lost. To those who are in dire need of Jesus Christ. Who tho- to those who are in dire need of the gospel. We might not be able to go, but we sure can give to those who can go. Who are called to go. And many times... Um, I know this is true in my life, moment of, um, I guess, openness, transparency. I, I can get very comfortable with just giving my tithe and, and calling it good. Maybe I'll give for missions here and there, but what, what the Lord wants from us is a commitment. A commitment to give resources to those who are going to go and share the gospel with those lost around the world. So I said I'd give my title, uh, I'm giving my title at the end of the message, right? And the title is this, simply this, Jesus Wants Your Lunch Money. And he's not going to bully it out of you, but he does want your lunch money. And he doesn't want it for him to, to be selfish within, for him to, to just make your life miserable like, like the bullies in the TV shows do. No, the reason he wants your lunch money is because what? There's a dying world who needs to hear the gospel. And that money you give, those resources that you give, are to help those go out and share the gospel with those who are in dire need of, of him, of hearing the good news, of obtaining the bread of life. I close with an illustration. Um, in a large cathedral in Europe many years ago, there was a very large, beautiful pipe organ. It was a Saturday afternoon, and the custodian was making one final check on the organ in the, in the high loft in the balcony of the back of the church. 
And he was startled to hear some footsteps echoing up behind him in the stairway. He turned to see a man in a slightly tattered traveling clothes coming toward him. Excuse me, sir, the stranger said. I've come from quite a distance to see the great organ in this cathedral. Would you mind opening the console so that I may get a closer look at it? The custodian at first refused, but the stranger seemed so eager and insistent that he finally gave in. He then asks, Sir, may I sit on the bench? That request of the stranger was met with absolute refusal by the cathedral custodian. What if the organist came in and found you sitting there? I would probably lose my job. But again, the stranger was so persistent that the custodian gave in. But only for a moment, he added. I'll let you sit there, but only for a moment. And the custodian noticed that the stranger who sat at the organ seemed to be very much at home at the organ bench, so he was not completely surprised when he was asked by the stranger to be allowed to play the organ. This time, he, he responds, No, definitely not, said the custodian. No one is allowed to play it except the cathedral organist himself. And the stranger's face fell, and his deep disappointment was obvious. He reminded the custodian how far he had come, and he assured him that no damage would be done. Finally, the custodian relented and told the stranger he could play the instrument, but only a few notes, and then he'd have to leave. Overjoyed, the stranger pulled out some stops and began to play. Suddenly, the old cathedral was filled with the most beautiful music the custodian had ever heard in all his years working in that place. In what seemed all too short a time, the dowdy stranger stopped playing and slid off the organ bench and started down the stairway. Wait, cried the custodian. Well, that was the most beautiful music I've ever heard in the cathedral. Who are you? And the stranger turned for just a moment, and he replied, Mendelssohn. The man was none other than Felix Mendelssohn, one of the greatest organists and composers of the 19th century. The custodian was alone now in that great stone edifice, the beautiful organ music still ringing in his ears. Just think, he said softly. I almost kept the master from playing his music in my cathedral. God has given us a lot of things here in America. The great master has given us a lot. And he, all he asks is for a little. Just imagine what the great master could do with your lunch. Think about that when the missionaries come this week. Let's go ahead and pray. Lord, thank you so much for this day, Lord, and thank you for uh, a short yet um, needful challenge, I think, Lord, as many times we get comfortable, Lord, sitting in our pews and we forget about the fact that there's many who are dying and going to hell around the world, God. And I pray with missions conference coming up, Lord, that you remind us here at Shawnee Mission Baptist Temple, Lord, that we may not be able to go, Lord, but we can sure give to send those who are going. I pray you work on people's hearts and just help them to uh, maybe get things right when they need right and uh, as they deal with you about what you would have them to give. I pray you be with us tonight. Uh, uh, just keep us safe the rest of the day and be with the missions conference coming up. Let me pray. Amen. You, you go ahead and stand and for the Jays get to sing a few verses and maybe there's some things you need to get right with the Lord or maybe you can ask him, God, what is it you want me to do? to share the gospel with those around the world.
see on the bulletin board, uh, obviously missions conference is coming up. Starts this Wednesday. Uh, it'll be through Sunday. Uh, and just, like I said, be in prayer of what the Lord will have you do to further the gospel around the world. Uh, this year we have the Grits to England, the Carters to Portugal, and the Sandalas to Z- I can't even say that. Uh, Saturday evening at 5.30 will be our international banquet. So uh, I, I, there isn't a word for that in Spanish, so I don't know it. Uh, uh, we have outreach coming up March 2nd at 9 a.m., uh, team cleaning March 9th at 10, and of course the Glory Bound Quartet will be here on the 16th. We'll have a special, uh, I guess, concert at, at 7 on Saturday, and then of course they'll be singing, and uh, we'll actually have a guest preacher on Sunday morning. Looking forward to that. Uh, college days coming up, 20th through the 22nd, and then as soon as we come back from college days, We'll stop at the church, pick up the rest of the teens, and go to the youth rally. Um, and then man camp coming up as well. The sign-up sheet is in the back with the cost there as well. Uh, thankful to be in the Lord's house today. Uh, Brother Trent, you mind dismissing us in prayer?